Brianna. I'm Sarah. And we are the, the Squad, Squad Ghouls. Just a couple of creepy gals that love creepy things. And today we're joined by one of our very best ghoul friends, Nicole. Hello. Hi, Nicole. Hi. <laughs> She's getting ghouls live today. Yeah. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> I know. Amazing. We are sorry in advance. <laughs> so she gets to hear all of our edits that end up not making it into the podcast. <laughs> I'm so excited. Of, of which there are many. Yes, a lot, especially from me. Uh, same girl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a really dirty joke this week. Oh, God. <laughs> yes. Are you ready? Uh-huh. <laughs> I put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> anyway. Why don't witches wear panties? I don't know. <laughs> because they get a better grip on their brooms. Oh, oh my God. That's so bad. <laughs> so bad. That's so good. You got a smile out of Jared, though. <laughs> he never smiled. That, that joke was for Jared. Oh. <laughs> I was taking a break from our usual um, corny joke. And putting that one in there. That you're welcome, Jerry. Well done. <laughs> um, I have one for you that's uh, a little less dirty and okay. more, more punny. Okay, I like it. What should you do at a Halloween party if a zombie rolls their eyes at you? I don't know. Roll them back to them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so great. It's not as good as. As why witches wear panties, though. <laughs> like, full transparency. <laughs> oh. Into booze news? Yes. Booze news. Booze news. <laughs> All right. So, we got a lot today. Yes. Uh, first up, Shudder is now available in New Zealand and Australia. Oh, I know. They're happy. I know. So, we don't have any listeners in New Zealand yet, but we do have a f- several, actually, in Australia. Yeah. Thanks, Australia. We yeah, love you thank guys. you. For well, listening to us. I would come visit you, but I'm terrified of all of the creatures that will kill me. I'm I'm right there with you. You've got some real cute ones, like little wombats. I think we need to put um, Spooky Australia on the, on the schedule. We should, and we could also talk about Wolf Creek, both the movie and the series. Oh, yes. Because Australia. Exactly. And we yeah. can talk about all their um, deadly spiders and... <sighs> Oh, the spider <laughs> and snakes the, the spider that has the teeth that nope. like sink in Mm-mm. it's it's terrifying and it's huge you just gave me a visual of it thank you it's huge <laughs> i don't know huge. how you guys survive out there australia i know we're thinking of you all the time be safe stay away from yes. spiders and jellyfish Please. and snakes and bugs and pretty much everything yeah everything just stay in your house yes <laughs> but thank you for listening we love yes. you guys um full transparency so i know that shutter actually has some issues with licensing agreements across different countries oh. so for example what's available in the u.s is not available in the uk um so that being said i'm going to assume that all of the shutter originals are going to be available in new zealand and australia however any of the licensed content that they have to pay for may vary from country to country mm-hmm. so there's that well. also we're getting our first look at the new guillermo del toro pinocchio that's going to be coming to netflix i'm so excited yeah, i know so um I didn't know that this is actually going to be a stop motion animated musical. Oh, I did not know that. No. And then I looked it up and I went, oh, that's interesting. Um, I thought it was going to be a live action. That's what I thought, too. Okay. Um, I don't even want to know how much the payroll for this is going to cost, because here are the folks that are going to be in it. Tilda Swinton, Christoph Waltz, Kate Blanchett, Finn Wolfhard. He's making some money right now. Dude, that's, that's what I said. Like, I hope he sends his agent a really nice fruit, fruit basket every year for Christmas. Because wow. that kid is everywhere. I hope there's more than fruit in it. <laughs> like a paycheck. A really good one. Oh, man. Um, John Turturro is actually going to be in it, as Ooh. well as Ron Perlman. Oh. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just a ton. Oh, oh, oh. And also, uh, Jiminy Cricket is going to be Vost. Vost. Oh, my God. See? this. <laughs> sorry, Nicole. Uh, Jiminy Cricket is going to be voiced by Ewan McGregor. <gasps> he can whisper in my ear any day. I know, right? Because I don't really like Jiminy Cricket in general. <laughs> 
Because he's always telling you not to do the fun things. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But um, if if it was Ewan McGregor, I might listen. Mm Mm-hmm. So this 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 is good. Mm -hmm. Amazing. I know. I can't wait. And also, unsolved mysteries is going to be back with more true crime cases to Netflix soon. So I do have to say I'm a little disappointed because the original Unsolved Mysteries was a mix of true crime and ghosties. Mm -hmm. This one has just been true crime. So I'm a little let down. I would like to get some more ghosts in this next uh, round if we can. I know. Um, Though I did like it, though. It was good. It was de- it was definitely good. It just there was a wasn't... lot of um, anger in some in some of the episodes for me. Well, and two, I think we were just talking about was it episode two with the um, the hairdresser mom that disappeared? Yeah, that's like the um, the new Carol Baskin, the new Carol Baskin the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's coming back for season two. It looks like it's going to be another six episodes. Nice. Um, not sure exactly when it's going to be. I'm assuming probably sometime next year. Oh, well, I know. I'll be patiently waiting. Same. <laughs> and the last piece I have for this episode. Um, so this fall, there is a new film coming out that's called Baba Yaga, Terror of the Dark Forest. Oh. So this is based on the Slavic. Slavic. Good Lord. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> the Slavic legend of Baba Yaga, the the woodland witch. Okay. Uh-huh. So coming to video on demand, digital and home entertainment, September 1st, 2020 from Shout Studios in collaboration with Lita Films. Ooh. I know. So this looks like it's going to be good. There's a little sneak peek actually uh, that Dread Central released. Oh, okay. So if you go onto their website, they have a little trailer, like a little baby trailer for it. It looks good. I'm excited. I'll have to watch that. Yeah. It sounds really good. I have something um, <clears throat> that I forgot to put in there earlier, but it was just announced. I don't know if everybody's seen it, but it just kind of popped up in the social media world. Uh, there's going to be a Stranger Things drive through In Southern California. Yeah, in Southern California. Somewhere. Sorry. We don't yeah, know where. We but- don't know where. It's a mystery. <clears throat> you can sign up to get on the email list to get information about tickets and dates and times and where it is but right now it's it's all a big mystery until i think it'll be four days from now four four or three days from now probably it'll be out by the time this episode comes out but um just make sure you go and look it up check it out get tickets Mm -hmm. a lot of good halloween things happening a lot of drive-through experiences Mm -hmm. i like this i know me too bring back my my scary halloween <laughs> I appreciate that people are getting creative <clears throat> with solutions given the current environment that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me happy that people are going, Halloween's not dead. We'll just do something different. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this week uh, we wanted to share um, some organizations that we're going to, we're going to try to highlight different organizations that, you know, have a really good cause and we want to, mention it to people so they can get out there and support so this week we're going to talk about uh together we rise yay, yay. and they're a um, non-profit organization uh and it's a compromise of motivated young adults and former foster youth and their vision their vision is to improve the lives of children in foster care who often find themselves forgotten and neglected by the public and so they um, they collaborate with individuals, companies, and community partners to bring resources to foster youth and use uh, service learning activities to educate volunteers on issues surrounding the foster care system. And this is this is one that I particularly am super passionate about. I'm the aunt of two children in who are, my my brother is a foster parent and two of their four children are foster children and when both of those well not not both of them because the baby was taken immediately after birth but um the the little boy was only two and all of his belongings were put in plastic garbage bags like any the limited belongings that he had were all put in garbage bags and mm. that's that's what he brought with him so what so i sad. i know what i love so much about together we rise is they actually put together different kits for kids and teens as well because obviously depending on your age your needs are going to be different and they try to help fill 
the gap because while social workers do God's work, they're all grossly underpaid. Their Mm -hmm. caseloads are absurd. They're so incredibly overworked. Resources are just completely unavailable. Financial resources are, are nearly non-existent. So they really do the best that they can with what they have. But Together We Rise helps to kind of fill that gap. So they have different... Um, different kits that you can sponsor. So there's like a back to school pack that ranges from 50 to a hundred dollars, depending on the one you pick. They have a little summer fun bag that you can sponsor. They do bikes, skateboards, there's a toy box. Um, and then the other piece that I actually really like, because if you've never seen a foster child have to take everything that they have in a black garbage mm. bag, like nothing will break your heart more. So they actually put together bags that kids can put their belongings in Aww. so that they don't just feel like a piece of garbage that's being thrown out somewhere else. Um, so they actually put different toys and some other things in those bags. And there's one for kids and one for teens that you can sponsor. So I try to buy like one of these a month, depending. Um, it makes a huge difference. You, you mm-hmm. really make it's, it may seem really small, but it makes a huge difference in a child's life. So Aww. Yes, but please go check them out at togetherwerise.org. And please purchase one of those packs that Sarah mentioned. It would really be a big help. And they have other goodies too, yeah, like little some cute. Stuff. I saw the little penguin. Yeah, they've got they've got um, <laughs> stuffed animals that you can buy. Um, they've got stickers, hats, mugs, pins. They've got all kinds of good stuff. So. I love the little and and a lot of the kids. You know, they're doing the you know, school from home, you know, this year. Mm -hmm. So they have little back to school packs and things like that, that you can, you know, put in as a sponsorship. So yeah. And there's bikes. Yeah. Every little kid needs a little bike. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. But yeah, please go check them out. Yeah. Yeah. So this week is our book club. Book club. (laughs) And, um, if you were, um, listening to our last episode the stand the really long episode we're sorry <laughs> um we mentioned that we were going to read the last final girl by stephen graham jones mm-hmm. and so that's what we're going to talk about today and this one was important to us because we want to make sure that we're not just reading the stereotypical authors and horror mm-hmm. so we're trying not to just pick books by middle-aged white men well, right. if you're a middle-aged white man, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. But we're trying to <laughs> diversify the books that we read, especially for book clubs. So it was important to us pick this one because Stephen Graham Jones is actually a Blackfoot Native American. Yes. I have. I'm, I also have a little Blackfoot. Just a little bit. A little bit in there? Just a little bit. Yeah. So According to 23andMe. <laughs> those... I'm going to redo mine. <laughs> I know. I'm going to redo mine. They're, you know, I, I thought I had a little bit more Native American, considering both my mom and my dad's side, but I don't know. Apparently, they pulled out all the Irish in me. Well, apparently, I'm 20. I'm, well, despite the fact that my grandmother was an Italian immigrant oh. and full-blooded Italian, apparently, I am zero Italian and 20% French, which, huh. which according to my molecular bio- biology textbook, is not out of the realm of possibility mm-hmm. i think i would just like to try another one to make sure <laughs> yeah. that and just to get some, results. get some extra clarification so like, oh, how the hell is there french in there i didn't know we had any french in our family so we'll find yes. out yes well just a little background about mr jones um as you said blackfoot native american um he does a lot of uh his other books are um he has experimental fiction, of course, the horror fiction, crime fiction, and science fiction. I would like to maybe try to read another one of his books, but I'll get into that reason why later. Um, but a lot of his um, books have recently been classified as horror. Um, and he won, he has won the Texas Institute of Letters Award and a National Endowment of, for the Arts in Fiction and the Bram Stoker Award for Long Fiction. That's a big one. Yeah. And then um, in recent events, he'll be contributing an X-Men story to Marvel Comics, uh, Marvel's Voices, Indigenous Voices Number 1 anthology, uh, set for release in November of 2020. So really soon. 
That is soon. Yeah. So I'm kind of, I'm interested to see Are where that, that goes. Are we that close to 2020 being I know. over? <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is so exciting. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. <laughs> um, and then uh, Jones has acknowledged a debt to Native American Renaissance writers, especially uh, uh, Gerald uh, Vicenor. Nah, I can't even pronounce it. Sorry. Vizenor. I'm just going to guess that's how it is. <laughs> um, who uh, wrote the praise for Jones' debut, uh, The Fast Red Road. And then uh, scholar Kathy uh, Koval uh, describes his work as containing elements of dark playfulness, narr- narrative inventiveness, and genre mixture. I definitely agree on that. (laughs) So uh, some other books that Stephen Graham Jones has written, um, as I mentioned, his first one uh, in 2000 was The Fast Red Road. Then after that, All the Beautiful Sinners, uh, The Bird is Gone, uh, Stephen Spanish Angels, Bleed Into Me, a book of stories, uh, all... um, a series of American narratives, uh, Native Native American stories, uh, Demon Theory, The Long Trial of Nolan Dugati. I think Demon Theory is the one that I actually really would like to read next. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure that was the one that, that got like really, really, really good reviews. Okay, I'm down. I'm definitely. Down. I mean, not, you know not me. next month because we've already picked next month's book, but <laughs> <Right>. at some point. <laughs> um, and then Lead Feather, which is um one of another big one for him uh it came from del rio the ones that got away and then the one we read obviously last final girl came mm-hmm. out in 2012 uh growing up dead in texas well <laughs> that's interesting i like that title nicole's from texas she can attest <laughs> if that's true or not Um, and then we have Flesh Boy, Not for Nothing, After the People Lights Have Gone Off, uh, Mongrels, Mapping the Interior, and then um, out this year, The Only Good Indians. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So, he's got, he's got some good works out there, mm-hmm. but as in here we are at The Last Final Girl. So... In general, uh, what did you think, Sarah? Well, let's talk. Let's, let's okay, give our, well, for, yeah. for our listeners yes, that haven't uh, that haven't read it or are not familiar. Let's talk a little bit about the plot. Um, so, the way the, the a little bit of background on the story: there is a serial killer by the name of Billy Jean that is <laughs> ha- that that's stalking this small town yep and uh the reason that they have dubbed this serial killer the name of billy jean is because the killer wears a red jacket and a michael jackson mask which is really interesting to me because for those of us who have seen the billy jean um video and all that and then know what the michael jackson masks kind of look like it doesn't really no the michael jackson mask is like four nose jobs after the billy jean music video so it's a little it's a little far off yeah um especially if you look at like the ruby's costume masks Mm -hmm. it's not even close to the the michael jackson that was in billy jean like the hair is wrong and everything yeah um so that was a little interesting so as we open we meet one of the the main characters by the name of Lindsay, who is being chased and attacked her boyfriend has just been horribly murdered in front of her so lovely um, right <laughs> and she's being stalked and attacked by the billy jean serial killer and then out of nowhere a, her horse named wildfire shows up <laughs> i had to go back and read that again to make sure i was I'm, correct in reading that a horse showed up well and the, <laughs> like the, inter- <laughs> the interesting piece of this too is is how this is written which we'll talk a little bit more about later mm-hmm. um but it's kind of written almost like a movie script like there's yeah. there's no there's not quite as much blocking and such and and you know character listing back and forth but right. it's kind of written like a movie script so i thought that this opening scene was part of a movie yeah and, that's what i thought too yeah and i'm like oh if this is total 80s slasher this makes absolute sense that a horse would just show up right um but then you realize <laughs> that no this is actually real life no. so she ends up using her uh bikini top to 
grab his machete because uh, Billie Jean actually starts attacking her horse when it shows up. And so she uses her bikini top, so 80s, to grab the machete and save the day. And (laughs) she knocks Billie Jean off of a cliff and his machete actually goes through him. And we are led to believe that he's going to die because yeah. he's you know in the water we all the, we all know that's not got true him, got impaled yeah <laughs> the killer always comes back mm-hmm. um so f- fast forward to you know the next couple weeks there are we cut to a high school with different kids so we start meeting the different protagonists in the story um we meet izzy who is our main female protagonist yes um and then her friend Brittany. And I loved their uh, character dynamic back I and did forth. Too. Yeah, and the, and then we meet all of their friends in school, and they're all talking about what happened because not only was were Lindsay and her boyfriend attacked, but also there were four other of their no five other of their five friends that were friends. murdered. Yep. Um, so you know it's it's the total very paying much very much paying homage to scream and that very kind of, much so yeah and that kind of mentality where the kids are all congregating talking about the kids that died and so forth so we know that there's a killer on the loose the sheriff starts going door to door to find out more information um then the sheriff ends up dead izzy accidentally kills the sheriff with mm-hmm. her stun gun yep um that's a strong stun gun yeah well and, <laughs> well and he was in the water too which oh oh that's right yeah yeah so <laughs> so she accidentally kills him that way and then izzy actually finds washed up in the river behind her house she finds billy jean barely alive um and she gets him a knee brace she fakes an injury at school so she gets him a knee brace and kind of nurses him back to health and she also feeds him burritos i thought that that was a very uh interesting food choice but i mean if if i'm you know really sick and i can't get out of bed would you feed me burritos well yeah but i love you you're not a serial killer i I know but i'm just saying i'm just (laughs) can you feed me burritos but it was it was that that piece was funny to me because um I mean, when you're a high schooler, not a lot of high schoolers are very adept at cooking. Right. I mean, I wasn't. I'm sure that there I are some that was. were. Not really, though. But, but it's just a very juvenile thing of like, what can I feed this thing that washed I'm gonna up? Microwave I'm going to feed some it burritos. burritos. <laughs> um, so that was funny. And then we start meeting other characters along the way. So we meet um, a gal named Crystal, who we found out was also previously attacked by this Billie Jean killer. Mm-hmm. Um, we start meeting a... Um, journalist by the name of Jamie Curtis. Jamie, which I thought was... Uh, <laughs> I had to read that was, twice. I'm yeah, like, I had to make sure. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, they're paying homage to my homegirl. Yeah, but I thought, like, did Jamie Lee Curtis just make a cameo? No, it's a male named Jamie Curtis. Well, yeah, <laughs> but I like how in there somewhere they said the Lee is silent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the the odd journalist is skulking around mm-hmm. collecting information stealing kids files um all of that good stuff and interacting with the the local town sheriffs so we cut forward to homecoming because obviously in any 80s slasher exactly homecoming is obviously when a bunch of weird stuff happens mm-hmm. i mean I, I guess maybe my high school was a little bit boring I feel you, like nothing happened at my homecoming. <laughs> well, because you went to high school in Malibu. Yeah, I did. <laughs> that changes things a lot. <laughs> but I mean, like, I guess stuff would happen, like, outside of it. Mm-hmm. But I never went to those parties. So, yeah. I, I grew up in a real weird... I was a nerd. ...desert town. So the only things that there were to do when you were in high school were go to the movies and meth. I opted not to go... I, I opted not to do the meth. Oh, that's good. Um, so I just saw a lot of movies, um, or, or go to any of the the weird parties. But it was it was a very odd time. <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, we we have this climax at homecoming. Right. Um, oh, I forgot about the pep rally. Oh, I missed the, the pep rally. Yes. <laughs> so you know, the pep rally happens, and the homecoming court was essentially all murdered. So instead, our main character Lindsay, well, one of our main characters, Lindsay picks a different homecoming court and our protagonist Izzy who is described as having black and purple hair and wearing combat boots which I could totally relate yep. to um especially I had a in moment high school like that in high school oh yeah I 
I, I think the only Believe hair... it or not, I did have a moment like that in high school. <laughs> well, I think the only hair color that I did not have in high school was I did not dye it all black. And I don't think I ever did orange or yellow. I did essentially everything else. Oh my God, you did pink hair? Oh, no, no, no. That's right. And I didn't do pink. Oh. I had purple. You almost caught my hopes up. Oh, girl, please. <laughs> <laughs> never with the pink hair ever no. um i'll dream it's fine <laughs> <laughs> oh your dream is my nightmare of course <laughs> um so we you know at the pep rally the homecoming courts brought out on stage and then we start finding out that all of the women that are selected or the young women that are selected for homecoming court are all being targeted as being you know next victims for billy jean yes so whether it's i think one of the gals named april has an ex that's on her locker and that's what identifies her izzy's friend Brittany is also identified right. with another ex so they all start to slowly be murdered but at this pep rally there's i think it's the janitor which i actually yes. had to read a couple times and go back and forth and mm-hmm. i still was not 100 percent clear because of how it was written yeah Well, again, we'll get into that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, the janitor's murdered in front of everybody. So the whole school goes bonkers. They try to cancel homecoming, you know, back and forth drama. No, no, we still have to because we want to know what the killer's going to do. We have to have homecoming. Can't, we can't cancel homecoming. Can't cancel homecoming. It's like a rite of passage. (laughs) So fast forward to our our homecoming football game mm-hmm. um everybody's getting ready f- and all the gals are dressed up they're dressed to the nines they're there with their dates and they move into this cadillac that's supposed to be driving them out during halftime and poor Brittany is tied under the oh. car and is brutally murdered by it's billy so jean mm-hmm. it, like the whole like end is just like so gory <laughs> it was rough. like it just went from like we have like a really slow start and in the middle it's like we got a little bit and then at the end it's like chaos yeah blood everywhere yeah people losing <laughs> heads and limbs and i'm like oh i mean typical 80s though i know but still man um <laughs> so obviously this happens billy jean shows up to exact his revenge uh starts attacking people obviously murders one of the friends another of the friends that are there and then starts chasing our protagonist um and then her brother mm-hmm. Izzy's brother Ben actually is able to fight off Billy Jean long enough for someone to come and attack our Billy Jean Billy Jean is then killed and then the the only gory piece that I actually did like because they're talking about um how the, the killer always comes back in the end of the slasher. Oh, yeah. uh, the only piece that I did like was when Crystal takes her stiletto heel and like shoves it yep. through his Hey, shoe, shoes are weapons too. <laughs> oh, ain't that the truth? I'm surprised they don't take that from you when you go into a courthouse. They take everything else from you. I except know, your... except your stilettos. <laughs> oh man. Is that why they're called the, what was it in Cardi B song? The bloody shoes? Yep, exactly. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> So we then remove Billy Jean's mask to discover that Billy Jean is another, none other than the reporter Jamie Lee. I knew it. I know it's always the reporter. I, I I'm sorry, but I like I kind of knew like halfway through. I felt like it's always the reporter. <laughs> like it's always the reporter, and and going into the book. Well, not in can, Scream. It wasn't the reporter? That's true. It was not Gail. Gail. Oh, we will take it back. In the second one, though, it was it was Billy's mom yes. who was a reporter. Yes. So correct. I will say that. Played okay. by uh oh. oh my gosh, Lori, what was her name? She was the she was uh Roseanne Barr's sister on the yes. Roseanne series. Lori something or other. Lori Metcalf? Yeah, yeah thank there you. you go. They got half of it. Yeah. But I, I kind of figured uh, like once we got like really close to the end, I was like, it's the reporter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um so after this we our protagonist Izzy knows that's not that's not the end that's you know something mm-hmm. something else is going so she actually figures out that is Lindsay's dad who we're led to believe was killed in by her horse wildfire in their family barn mm. turns out he was not uh-huh. so there's another Billie Jean on the loose 
and Billie it is Jean is not my love. Billy Jean Every time is I, not my killer. I know. <laughs> Every time I heard Billy Jean, I was just singing. I was like, do, 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 do. So we, we go back to the barn and we find out that no, this was actually all orchestrated by Lindsay all along. Mm-hmm. And it's Lindsay's dad that's the real Billy Jean <sighs> So then in a very gratuitous fight scene with lots of blows exchanged back and forth and flying around in the <laughs> rafters of the barn, finally, Lindsay and her father, Billy Jean the real Billy Jean meet their end. Oh. Yeah. I wasn't sad, though. I was just glad it was over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot. Uh, like, I feel like we just got slammed in the third act. <laughs> well, and so let's talk about, you know, so that's that's the synopsis. And then obviously everybody goes off to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and we follow, we follow Dante, who's the the deputy in the area and we follow Izzy after she goes off to school. Um, But let's, so let's talk a little bit about when this came out and how it's, how it was written. So (sighs) the book originally came out in 2012, although it's not specifically set in any particular time period. um, You can tell that it's, it's at least after Michael Jackson died because there's a reference in it when they talk about how he, you know, was, is no longer with us. So we know it's somewhat recent. Exactly. (laughs) Because he died in 2012. Oh, no, he did die no. in 2000. No, 2009. No, nine, yeah. So, say, I was living in Vegas. So. It's been that long. 2009. Oof. Yeah, man. God. Because I think Jared it was. really been like over 10 years. Yeah, because I remember I was, I, I was working and Jared was actually the one that called me and said the King of Pop is dead. I'm like, what? Yeah, I was at work at a wedding chapel on the strip and my mom called me. I was in the middle of a wedding and she's like, I'm going to LA. I'm like, why? It's like, because Michael Jackson's dead. I'm like, oh, and, and for those of you who don't know, I'm sorry, my family, my mom was really close to that family. So <laughs> she rushed down there. I had to stay clearly. But anyway, but yeah, there's that story. It's been, it's been a long <laughs> 10 time. 10 years? 11. Ele- oh my God. It's been a long I'm time. I'm so old. I know. <laughs> I'm so old. I remember when Michael Jackson died. I know. Um, <laughs> so... Let's talk a little bit about the book. It's not yes. particularly long. It's a very no. it, it, it would be a very quick read if I, you just looked at the page count. It's two hundred and twelve yeah. pages. Which would that's what we thought when we looked at the page count when picking the book. Well, coming off of the stand because the version of the stand that <laughs> I read was thirteen hundred pages. Stand right now. I'm like, girl, I need a break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean, I I enjoyed his writing. But my problem with it is it went from script to, like, the regular, like, narrative writing. And at times it just made it, it, it just made it confusing. There- and, and I've read scripts before. My last job, that was one of the things I had to do, was read scripts. <laughs> so I have no problem reading scripts at all like i actually kind of enjoy it but when we're mixing the two it just it's it just gets it, too it's confusing. not written like a traditional script yeah. where there's blocking and there's you know there's a narrative conversation where it says mm-hmm. you know izzy colon blah 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 and then so and so colon blah 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 blah. it's it's not written with blocking like the like a traditional script yeah it's written very much with different indentations Mm -hmm. and the way that Stephen Graham Jones notates that a perspective is changing. He, he doesn't describe the scene or set the scene the way that a normal Uh, author typically would. Right. He then jumps to, he, he uses the term POV quite a bit. Yes. So you'll see POV change or POV shifts to, um, and, and that kind of stuff, or from this character's POV, this is what's happening. Right. And sometimes it was a little difficult, to read be- i just felt it was kind of unnecessary to do that i think he could have just written it out but i mean if if this were to be turned into a movie it'd be really easy because it's like halfway done it gets <laughs> and it gets a little a little difficult because it's literally the way that the words are laid out on the page mm-hmm. um some and when the blocking sometimes changes it's 
indentations with arrows yeah. but the next word is not capitalized so it's yep. not like the start of a new sentence grammar police i know it kills me it kills me my mom was a journalist for 30 years so every paper i wrote from junior yep. high through college was copywritten within an inch of its life mm-hmm. so uh, your mom would probably twitch if she read this she'd book. lose her shit <laughs> my, my mom would not have had a good time reading this book i mean i could already tell like when we were talking about it like before you know coming to the record the podcast i was like so how are you doing with reading this <laughs> because if i knew if i was having a problem with it i was like i know sarah is she's not happy right now having issues sarah not happy right now um <laughs> and i just found myself having to go back to and and reading stuff over exactly so when when those like the arrow and the indentation happened i would have to go back and reread the prior sentence to string the whole thought together yeah um and then there were poor uh, the you know the early part so act one and like the first half of act two were a lot easier for me to get through yeah me too um those that part all those was like a breeze for me yeah and then it's like towards the end and then the third i was like oh god yeah, it, it gets it gets real chaotic, especially in Act Three mm-hmm. when we're going to the homecoming football game, and all of the different. I, I appreciate that he tried to do a much better job of setting the scene, mm-hmm. so that we could actually feel what it would have been like to be at that homecoming game with seeing you know the parents in the stands and the football players and the cheerleaders and the people that are driving the car. I mean, like there's. I appreciated that that the scene was better set. However, it started to get really chaotic moving back and forth between POV shift, POV shift, POV. And then we looked to the cheerleaders POV and blah, blah, yeah. blah. It, it started to get a little, a little chaotic for me. Yeah. Um, so I, I found it really hard for me uh, with finishing the book, like getting towards the end. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a lot. Yeah. And I felt like, wait did I miss something like let me go back and read it again (laughs) well and I had to I had to read the ending a couple of times Mm -hmm. um because that whole scene when Izzy and Lindsay are having their big standoff yes in the barn like there's this weird thing with the she hands her the finishing nails like I I didn't understand that whole piece yeah I didn't get that part either (laughs) like that's why I, I felt like I read maybe the I think I read the third act at least maybe three times <laughs> yeah it was just to just try to make sure that i'm getting the story correctly and uh, i don't know i i i appreciate his creativeness for trying to write that way but i feel like for me it just made it too confusing sometimes not all the time but i think towards the end for sure mm-hmm. but like in the beginning it works because i felt like the opening was great. Like, I felt like we were pretty much walking into a, a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, all right, we're getting somewhere. And then, you know, we like I said, you get in the first act. I was like, okay, like, it's 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 okay. Mm-hmm. And then we, we get in, the, like, the second and third. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. This, is, uh, this is a bit much. So, <laughs> with the writing. But, I mean, like I said, I do appreciate something different because i don't think i've written i've written i haven't written anything sorry i have never (laughs) read a book like this um i've read scripts and i've obviously read other novels but i've never read it where it was like kind of sort of combined yeah if if we were to try to describe the perspective for our listeners i don't know that i really could it's like Mm -mm. some of it's written from first person um some of it's written not even quite as it's it's almost a script but not quite um it, so it's a little difficult to to describe the writing style um i don't know in thinking about any major themes that emerged from this book i don't know that i can think of any no um like there's nothing it, it's it's not a quote-unquote profound literary work that would have some overarching meaning or theme to it so yeah. I, I think it's just it's supposed to be a fun book for anybody that loves slasher movies, particularly from the the seventies and the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, so there were, there were different components while the writing style was very difficult for me to digest. There were different components of it that I liked. Um, yeah. So there are different 
references to various 80s movies like there's a reference oh, I love that yeah. yeah like to ursula andrus and sheena easton <laughs> um there's lots of little tidbits from different 80s slasher movies whether yeah. it's carrie friday the 13th nightmare on elm street prom well, night well like crystal blake you know mm-hmm. and there's camp crystal lake you know like yeah there's you know little things like that, that- exactly and there's references to Back to the Future. I mean, there's there's a lot of fun, fun little nostalgia mm-hmm. gems dropped in. I even feel like um, just kind of picking a little bit from like the eighties, the the great eighty films of the that time, and that were kind of put in here. I even felt like a lot of like the whole like the high school like just the um the characters their dynamic in there it was very uh reminiscent of heathers for me yeah <laughs> i felt a lot of that in there too so i can definitely see that he pulled a lot from like those great 80s films not just the horror ones but like you know those those cult classics from that time as well absolutely <laughs> and um i appreciated i appreciated the way that the characters were written um while if i had to pick one of them to be any kind of relatable to it would probably be izzy because i was that kid Mm -hmm. in high school with the bad attitude with the combat boots the dyed hair (laughs) who just loved horror movies like i was that child yeah um so that was a lot if i had to pick a character to relate to the most it definitely would have been izzy but being a little bit older now reading it it was a little hard for me to to find the characters very relatable yeah even the parents i hated the parents oh yeah that, like, her parents I, I, they were the worst <laughs> no her her parents were very um stereotypical yeah. of you know mom was homecoming queen so mom wants her daughter to be something that she's very clearly not uh dad's an oh dad's a fucking creep pardon my german yeah, right. <laughs> dad is like i it it gave me douche chills be, when whenever he you entered the room i said douche chills <laughs> it totally gave me douche chills because he he you know that there was something more going on like yeah. i was the very first time we meet him when he's talking to the sheriff mm-hmm. and he's the way that he's looking at his daughter and talking yeah. about her because she had just found Billie Jean washed up in the river. Right. So she, he grabbed Billie Jean grabs her legs and she falls and gets mud all over her shirt. So she takes her shirt off and she's just in a bra and pants and she walks in and here's the sheriff talking to her two parents. Like the, the way the comments that her dad made to her, mm-hmm. I was waiting for something further to happen with that. Yeah. And nothing I, ever did. I thought we were going to get some like really gross, like, yeah dad daughter thing yeah and i was like mm. yeah i was going i'm this, you know when you I will smell when you smell book. something really really bad that was the face that i was making the whole time Ex- exactly and dad's a raging alcoholic yeah um and even totals the car in the end and he's supposed to be her homecoming date but totals the car so can't be nope so then her, her brother ben shows up um you know that that was really but yeah. I, I did i really did not care for her parents but i liked the the way that the kids were written was very reasonable it they're not kids that were above any sort of reasonable competency for someone their age yeah. so meaning you're not going to expect that high school kids speak five languages and know how to right. do xyz and you know all of these advanced life skills mm-hmm. they were written very much like kids yeah which i appreciated and, yeah and the, i did like that yeah but I, I also feel like some of that's, you know, kind of a little bit reminiscent of like the, the 80, 80s slasher flicks too. Because I feel like the characters are a little bit the same in that way. But even some of the 80s slasher but, films, I'm like, come on. Oh, well, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like the running in the in the woods with heels? Like that? That kind of stuff. But even, <laughs> even you know, thinking back to Nightmare on Elm Street and how Nancy oh. goes after Freddy and, mm-hmm. you know, any of that kind of stuff. I, I appreciated that they were they it was more real yeah as opposed to what you see in some of the 80s films i did love that izzy had such a she was such a wealth of knowledge in terms of 80s slasher films and very similar to scream they start talking through the different rules the horror movie quote unquote rules Mm -hmm. so you know only the virgins live and 
you know, these people don't smoke anything because you'll die. I mean, that kind of stuff. Don't do drugs. Yep. You'll die. <laughs> um, so there's there's a lot of nostalgia in there as well that I really liked. Yeah, I think that was like my favorite part of Scream. Like just <laughs> going through all those, the, the rules of a horror film. Because they, they break them anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody ever follows those rules. No. They know it, but they're like, oh, no, we're still going to just do what we want. Right. <laughs> but I I mean, but just in general, like overall, I liked it, but just found a very hard time getting through it because normally I can just, you know, whip through a book and be good other than the stand because that one took long <laughs> and, and truthfully i i but this one took me a minute no no shade no disrespect i did not care for this book at all i didn't like i, I mean other than the small pieces of nostalgia i yeah. did not like it i mean i think that's what saved it for me and and then but the the ending is where like for me it fell really flat um because it was just all over the place what would you have changed <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to have a little bit more gore in the middle. <laughs> Mix it up a little bit. Yeah, like I just feel like he left everything at the end. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think it would have made the beginning not so slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to seen, I don't know, I guess <laughs> a little more death. I don't know if this makes sense. but um, And then I would have... Um, and then like the, the ending where you know, where she orchestrated everything and then, you know, they they have this battle at the end. I, I don't know. <laughs> but what would you have changed to make it, uh, to, to make it fit a little bit better? Or what would you have hoped for in an ending? Mm. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. I'll, I'll let you answer that first. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah. I just want I for me I just I I guess the ending like fine I I don't, I don't know if I would have really ended it that way but I just would like to have seen more gore in the middle instead of like all chaotic and crazy at the end. I I mean I get the I expected the homecoming game and homecoming night to have to be mm-hmm. obviously you know the big right. climactic really bloody scene. Um I mean look at Carrie Oh, that's true. Like, I, I mean, any yeah. any of those, I would have expected it to end that way. Um, I think from my perspective, my POV. Um, <laughs> God, if I hear that one more time. <laughs> if I hear POV. It was, you know what it was oh. reminiscent of? It was reminiscent for me of when I read Fifty Shades of Grey and... Yeah. And she's talking about her inner goddess every five seconds. I'm like, oh, man. I don't give a damn about your inner goddess. Please shut up. Like, I was so annoyed by <laughs> Anastasia, that whole story. Oh, I, the first I, book. Yeah. I'm like, please shut up. Please just shut just up. Just stop it and just do him. <laughs> <laughs> but I think from for for the ending of this story, I while I appreciated that there's whatever little surprise with being a second Billie Jean. Yeah. The ending was just very chaotic and everything. It was also a little gratuitous in that Mm. there's the, the big fire. Like they light a big bond. Like first off, who puts a big fucking bonfire in the middle of a damn barn? Like who does that? If you're going to have this big climactic showdown, (laughs) don't like the barn on fire. Like what are you doing? I I don't know. It was, yeah, that, that piece was, was really dumb. Okay. I feel like I liked that the, I'll say this. I liked that the dad was ended up being, Billie Jean, I think I would have left out the reporter. I yeah. think that's what I would have done. Just kept it like one person. You would have left out Jamie Lee. Yeah. Or, or you would have left out the dad. No, I would have left out Jamie Lee. Because I feel like that, like, I mean, yeah, it made sense. But then like at the end when it got to, you know, his dad, her dad and they had the big showdown, I was like, oh, okay. Like, I felt like after that, uh jamie was like an afterthought because when i when i think about (laughs) i the only reason i like that piece is when you think about um uh friday the 13th Mm -hmm. and 
while Jason's mom is the villain in the first one, mm-hmm. Jason obviously comes back in the very, very end of, well, no, he doesn't come back. That's just a dream in the end of the first right. one. Um, but Jason comes back in two through 20 or however many Friday the 13th movies there have been now. <laughs> there's like a hundred. No there's, there's a hundred Friday the 13th movies. Um, there's, you know, there's obviously that. There's the two killers in Scream. Um, so that that piece, I was like, eh, okay, it it fits mm-hmm. the stereotype. Um, but yeah, the the ending was. I was just glad that it was over at that point. <laughs> like, like cool, God, they killed done. themselves. All right, we're done. Right? Like, thank God we're done. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I just think, I I think I would if I were to change that, I think I would check that out. But that's just me. But I liked that it was the surprise where we thought, oh, it's all over. But no, then the dad is Billie Jean. But then it was also extremely weird mm-hmm. <laughs> finding that out. And then, you know, then knowing that, you know, he's seen his own daughter walking around in brawn panties and whatever else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Do you feel like the story was more uh, plot driven or character driven? Mm, I would say just... Well, I would say more plot based for me. I agree. Yeah, just because I don't feel like we. I don't think he went for me. There wasn't real. He didn't go into real depth with the the characters that much, like little like juxtaposed to like Stephen King, who goes like into full detail <laughs> on like every single character. <laughs> well, and that's a really good call out because. We know v- very little about the characters' backstories. Mm-hmm. We have a little more depth on Izzy. I mean, for obvious yeah, reasons, she's right. the, the primary protagonist. But a lot of the other kids, like Jake, who poor Jake ends up getting getting beheaded at the homecoming game. <laughs> but Jake is just... I, did I miss something? Or did Jake just basically come running through the halls every five seconds yes. and causing trouble and that's it like we I that's don't think, exactly what i felt yeah. like i felt he was just one of those characters that just popped up every now and then which is weird because <laughs> yeah. izzy izzy clearly has attachment to this boy because yes. she bails him out of trouble every fucking time mm-hmm. so she clearly has feelings for this kid and i feel like we didn't get to know enough about him we never saw jake's yeah. quote-unquote pov at all <laughs> the entire fucking story like <laughs> every time you say POV, I'm going to laugh. <laughs> like we never, we never got anything out of him. He's just running through the halls. Mm-hmm. Izzy's grabbing something from him to get him out of trouble. Right. Or, I mean, it, it never, I, I really wish that there would have been more to develop his character because when, when he dies at the end, you know, you should be sad, but you're also like, I don't really care about you. Yeah. Because I don't know you. <laughs> exactly. You're like, oh, he died? Oh, okay. Like, that sucks. What's for dinner? I know. What's next? <laughs> um, I felt like there was a, a few times like that, too. But that's why I've said, you know, definitely plot driven for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, what character did you relate to the most? Hmm. I... Actually, okay, I know you said Izzy for yours, but mm-hmm. I, I I also say Izzy for me, but only because, and not obviously the, the purple and black hair, because I never dyed my hair. <laughs> I did have the combat boots, though. Um, I, I don't know, just a, I went through a little period of like a little teen angst. So like, I felt a little bit of that, especially like, you know, when my mom started like dating other people, <laughs> I was that bratty teenager <laughs> and like sometimes her, and then a lot of like her comments, like her little snarky and kind of like quick witted, mm-hmm. like comments is very reminiscent of my new, uh, it's very reminiscent of Savage Brie. Of Savage Brie. <laughs> so I, I, I really felt her and I, I enjoyed the, her character the most everybody else I was kind of a little bit annoyed with even even the main like Lindsay like I, I don't know well Lindsay was every every stereotypical yeah. beautiful blonde mean girl mm-hmm. she's the Regina George of the group yeah that although uh Lindsay pretends far more to be nice yes. than Regina George did um <laughs> right but she's like the total stereotypical high school like, queen of the high school um so I was very clearly annoyed by her for obvious reasons. Yeah, right. Um, 
that it yeah <laughs> yeah i um definitely out of everybody i think i uh izzy spoke most to me yeah but like i said it's it's the savage pre <laughs> <laughs> that's coming out <laughs> but all the other characters they kind of i was just like oh they died okay cool you're like oh i'm Oops. sorry moving on yeah and it <laughs> maybe it was just me like i know he was like trying to put in like kind of the some of those little stereotypes you know oh, high school yeah, yeah. the jock and and, and that, that i would have ex- i get I it totally would have expected yeah that. but they were just like someone was just annoying <laughs> well and you didn't um there was you didn't find out enough about each of these characters right. to form any sort of attachment to them exactly whereas in like, i think it would have been a much longer book though too if he did that which i wish you know if it would have been longer i probably would have liked it more mm-hmm. and i think that the you need some more pov <laughs> get rid of the pov and make it longer um I, I probably would have gotten a little more out of it in in that case because to your point looking back at the last book we read of the stand even nadine in that book who turned out to be terrible in the oh, end yeah. I still, you empathized with her because yeah. you were with her from the beginning, exactly. from when she survived the super flu. She she survived Captain Trips when um, Larry ends up finding her and the little boy, mm-hmm. and so you really develop an attachment to her. Even right. though she turns out to be awful in the end, right? Um, <laughs> it wasn't sad when she died, <laughs> um, but I still felt some sort of empathy for her, right? Whereas well, I couldn't, I done, I I had none for most of these characters. Yeah, no, totally agreed. I, like I said, when most of them died, I was like, oh, okay. But also, <laughs> if you were to find a washed-up serial killer in your in the river behind your house would you feed it burritos nope <laughs> i'd just if he's like dying i'd probably just be like oh let him, sorry oh, who are you oh okay ah. nice mask though <laughs> get your money can, back can, can i borrow it <laughs> <laughs> i would not feed uh i would not feed the killer burritos no i i would not either i would call 911 and be like there's some dude uh, hanging out and mm-hmm. you should come collect him mm-hmm. like i i thought that was a little weird i did too not not really my choice but no <laughs> i mean i am nice you are you probably you know what you the, now that i say that you probably would feed it burritos <laughs> no you would bring out fried chicken and greens and mac and cheese and be like here can oh, i bring you i anything made all else? this food um would you like some <laughs> i mean if I didn't know he was a serial killer, maybe. But, oh, but they knew. But, yeah, but, you know, they, they knew. So I think if I, knowing that, mm-hmm. I'd be like, no, fuck that. Okay. Nope, hard pass. <laughs> and also because I learned my lesson about being too nice. <laughs> and I'm trying to change my ways. Savage breed. So Channel there's savage breed. <laughs> so there's that. So, no, I would not feed him mac and cheese and fried chicken and all that and good stuff and greens can i have the greens you can okay i can make you fake fried chicken too i'm weird on the like the the meat replacement stuff oh, okay i don't eat a lot of it i just I, eat tofu. i season it though but still oh, okay like the, the frozen meat replacements <laughs> are just oh that's how i know my taste buds have changed it's no longer appetizing <laughs> But you can make vegan mac and cheese. I'll eat the shit out of that. Okay. My taste buds have not changed for vegan mac and cheese. (laughs) Now that you've told me the correct cheese to use, that tastes good. Oh, yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. So much bad (laughs) vegan cheese. So much bad vegan cheese. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. But But, anyway. Yeah. Back to the story. Um, (laughs) So this, currently on Goodreads, has a rating of three and a half stars. Okay. I... Okay, I'm I'm gonna be a little mean. Okay. I'm gonna say three. That's mean? To I'm me. At, I'm at like a two. <laughs> <laughs> it's mean for me. I was like, she's gonna agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, no, I say three. I give it two. A two? I would like to read a different book by Stephen Graham Jones. Yeah, to see. I agree with that. And yeah. hopefully it's not written like this. I hope it's a little different. But 
like I said, beginning, I appreciate that he was experimenting with that. For me, I'm sure other people probably liked it mm-hmm. for the way that it was written. Um, but I mean, for me, it was a little hard to read. So that's why I said three. Like I en- enjoyed the story somewhat other than like kind of like the chaotic ending. So that's why I, I can't say two. That's why I said three. That's just me. I get it too. <laughs> Well, um, so, I mean, we can check it out if you want, <laughs> even though Sarah gives it a two. <laughs> so I'm, I'm also really harsh on... I, I, I'm going to get you a grammar police um You know, pen. maybe maybe that's why I gave it a two, because I can picture my mom always, always went through my papers with this same mm-hmm. red pen. Oh. So, anytime, and I mom i love you dearly <laughs> and it, you made me a much better writer yeah in my i was career. gonna say it's good that she did that right <laughs> well however uh in my my last job this was several years ago uh we were putting together a newsletter and it was my first time drafting it and the my well, another guy in my department that was supposed to be proofreading it for me pulled out a fucking red pen and my eyes started twitching I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, amazing yeah. So you're basically telling me for Christmas I should get you a pack of red pens. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't. And I'll put on their, um, they'll have a little uh, inscription, say grammar police <laughs> on all the red pens. <laughs> so bad. Oh man. Anyway, well, if you'd like to read it, try it. I'd yeah. say it doesn't hurt. It's a, it, it's, it's a fast read. Yeah, it's a fast read. If you're a fast reader, if you're a slow reader, I probably would not recommend it. Maybe on on tape or audio. yeah, do do an audible, yeah. an audible rental. Subtle plug, audible sponsors, please. Yes, please. They won't. They don't know who we are. But. They will though. <laughs> they will. If we just keep saying it. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's it's a very fast read. I I think I ended up powering through it in yeah a it, few hours. It's it's really not that long. No, um, which except I think except the occasional going back and reading stuff. But well, you know what? It would have been much faster if I hadn't had to go back and reread yeah. things um, I, to figure out what what was happening and what was going on and where I was. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So but our next book. Our next book in continuing to broaden our horizons and trying to make sure that we select books from different different authors male female non-binary and then also authors of color our next book is mexican gothic which is by sylvia moreno garcia i'm excited for this one me too so this one actually has a lot of good ratings on goodreads and then actually barnes and noble readers give it a four and a half out of five and google users that have read it give it a 92 percent. oh i know so i'm really excited i think hey. this one's gonna be good um please no script writing no 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 um this one is a bit longer it's not like it's not ridiculously long but it's 336 pages so it's longer than the that's book we bad, just read though. no that's a that's still a, a very quick read yeah um so we'll read this over the course of the next month when i looked up the synopsis so one i looked it up because it had good reviews and it's a new york times bestseller two it's very reminiscent of crimson peak <gasps> where it's that kind of oh. gothic horror it's not yes not slasher bloody blah 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 Ooh, but see, that's another one i want to I gotta read that too. Crimson Peak? Mm-hmm. Was it a book? Is it a book? It was the movie. Remember? Oh, what? I thought it was also a book though. Is it? It might be. Look. I will look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. I could be wrong. <laughs> I mean, I feel like oh. it was turned into a novel after the movie came oh. out. Oh. Okay. Then never mind. I thought it was a book before. Uh I don't think so. But it was turned into one after. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) But yes, it's very reminiscent of Crimson Peak. Oh, I'm Um, excited. Yes, I'm I'm really excited to read this one. Again, it's called Mexican Gothic. We will also post this on our Instagram account as well. Instagram and Facebook accounts as well. Yes. And we also have a... a Facebook group page. We do. So please join us and we'll probably post it on there too so that everybody can follow along and read with us. Yeah. So yeah. Reading is fun. And then if we get enough interest in people following along we might consider well not we might consider we will consider it but we might actually do like a live 
discussion with everybody it would be fun to kind of read together well read the book together and then have a group of people that read it discuss so we we may uh do that but if there's an interest yes please and let us know again please follow us on facebook and instagram and also please uh join our facebook group page the squaggles and also email us at thesquaggles at gmail.com. Yeah, if you've got ideas or if you've got questions or if you want to tell us how much you don't like us, please do it in email. <laughs> don't leave it down in the review. We'll be very sad. Yes, um, we would like your reviews, please. Yeah, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it because um, it helps us actually get more followers. And um, thank you to all of our international followers. Yes, I was so excited to see that. Yeah, we've got listeners. I mean, we've got a lot in the U.S., obviously, but um, Canada is our second highest listener count. So, yay, Canada, we love you. Your favorite neighbors, please come save us from the life we're living now down here. (laughs) Really sad. Um, Australia, Mexico, Czech Republic, Germany, France, Ireland, India, Netherlands, Sweden, Poland, Brazil. What? Yeah. So, thank you to all of our international listeners, too. This is amazing. Yeah. We really, we we appreciate it. We love you guys. We would love to travel to your country someday and do, like, a live discussion, but, uh, you know, know right now we're not allowed anywhere because we're irresponsible americans (laughs) (laughs) it's so sad it really is yep (laughs) all right creep it real everybody and we'll scare you later Bye. bye